0: Hello again, and welcome back to the Intercult Podcast. My name is Flair. Thanks for being here. I have part two for you today with Melissa Bernstein. And if you didn't catch part one, go back and listen to that one first. You know, super good. You are going to love it. And then come back to listen to part two. little update as to what's going on in my life. I'm excited. We are headed to retreat. So the Italy retreat is happening thing. By the time you hear this, we have just wrapped so it should be our very, very last day. If you're curious what retreat looks like, go check out on my Instagram. I'm sure I've got some videos up there by then. Kind of funny talking about the future. <laughs> like So future me will post to Instagram about the retreat and is hopefully having the time of her life. I can't imagine she wouldn't be. If you miss this one and you're like, oh, I wish I was there because it is just the best thing ever then come to the UK one. The UK one's actually going to be extra duper super special because it's on Halloween. So the UK retreat it runs October 29th, 30th, 31st for a second and that means it's like right in that period of time. Where we've got halloween we've got dia de los muertos we've got that all saints experience and i'm doing something a little special so i never do readings on my retreats but for this one we are going to be doing some spirit readings very exciting you're the first to hear about it so Come join me in the UK retreat if that just sounds like the perfect combination of retreat for you, the sense of connecting to self and then connecting to your loved ones in spirit for extra power, extra feeling of healing and love and growth and all that good stuff. Truly can't wait. I think I'm going to be future me thinks, I think right now that future me is just having the time of her life at this retreat. They're also and always like just my favorite weeks of the year. Very transformative. I always learn a lot. So It's interesting, right? When you are in an energetic environment of people who are actively changing by the minute, I would say, transforming, shifting energetically in real time in front of you, it's hard not to shift yourself. There is some kind of energetic power that happens in a room like that where I learn a lot, I grow a lot. I always have integration weeks afterwards because I'm like, whoa, like I just leveled up. And It is the greatest joy of my life to get to create a container where others level up in their own lives. And then I get this immense gift, amazing gift of being given an opening, a doorway, if you will, to my own leveling up because... Man, oh man, are we always growing. So I actually can't wait to see what comes out of this retreat for myself. A lot of times when I have an hour or two in the afternoon for myself, I'll do the practices that I did with the group in the morning. Because every morning we start off with like a very active meditation. It goes very deep. A lot of it's based on neuroscience, shifting the brain, shifting the physical body, allowing it to release, you know, pretty much everything that we talk about in this podcast, including in this week's episode with Melissa, that brain connection to the body is huge. Like you cannot be intuitive if the body isn't in a space of being able to release what no longer serves, isn't able to relax. I feel like so many bodies, like truly bodies, not people, but like the physical bodies of the people don't even know what relaxation feels like anymore. I feel like we as a culture have started living at such a high pace that the idea of what it means to relax is incredibly foreign. We don't have a bodily memory of it. And when we don't have a bodily memory of it, it's very hard to access. So I think one of the things that this retreat does best is it gives the body through somatic release, through neuroscience techniques, through breath work, through the meditations that we do, through me just guiding you and and helping you along, it teaches you what it feels like to actually release, to actually be at peace. And because it's so effective, I do it in the afternoons. And there is something to doing that in a closed container for a week's time that, oh man, it, it shifts things. So I honestly, I mean, I'm excited to like guide the group through this, but... I'm excited to kind of guide my, through, myself through this, you know. As I mentioned in the the last episode, part one, in my intro, we had a deaf in the family, and there's been a lot to process. So, I too feel very excited for the transformation that can't help but happen when you're in a space in a vessel of transformative power. It really it's magnetic. You can't help but move through and process and see things in a different light and bring new peace to the body so yeah if you're not coming to italy with us if you're not in italy right now as you are as you're listening to this one i'm sorry because it is gorgeous but two come to the uk maybe we'll see you there i hope you enjoy this week's episode with melissa she is a force to be reckoned with and there's so much knowledge packed here so do enjoy listening and i'll see you next week it's, it's a funny thing to witness in others and in myself, because I have, of course, you know, looked at myself and been like, my God, can we be a little less authentic today? Like, do we have to just like, not in a bad way, but in a like, come on, like, really? Like, you can't just go with the flow. <laughs> like, you can't just, like, it, because once, once you're, finding that inner connection once you're like, nope that's my truth. Once it's, that's the authenticity. I mean, that's the beauty of it is now you're off on your own path, but it is a very kind of ironic and hilarious place to be in at times where everyone else is just like going along with the flow and you're like, I'm sorry, I can't, it's, it's broken now. It doesn't work that way anymore for me.
1: So you're right. Yeah. I have that happen in mentoring because I mentor a lot of young entrepreneurs. And one of my values is I have to be honest with them because so many people tell them what they want to hear and tell them that our, their ideas are amazing. And I know that my authenticity means I can't do that. So when I'm hearing their idea and I'm like inside, I'm like, oh boy, you know, that is fraught with some issues. I have to be honest. And it's hard, right? Because I know they're they're giving me their shining faces and they're sharing their babies with me. And I know like they want nothing more than me to say like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I love it. And instead I'm like, okay, well, this is a great start, but X, y, Z, a, B, Z. I know that in one sense, I'm kind of bursting their, their bubbles, but in another, like I have to be honest with them because I know that just leading them down a path that's not going to allow them to really touch a lot of people isn't being authentic either.
0: Absolutely, and I do think authenticity gives and is is a bit contagious. In that, if somebody watches somebody else do it, that courage that you speak about, that sense of "can I do it" becomes less of a mountain to climb.
1: Do you see that with your clients? I definitely see that. I think when you have the courage to say this is who I am, which is shocking that that would take courage. But in today's society, especially when you're an outlier, it takes a lot of courage to say, this is who I am, like, take it or leave it. Of course. I mean, I know when I was getting up my courage, because, you know, I, I said a lot of people say to me, when will I have the courage? And I had about five years when that cry of my soul was getting louder and louder. And I knew I wanted to share my truth, but I didn't yet have the courage that I was listening to so many people's stories. I was obsessed with podcasts where... People were sharing their truth and I would like listen to it rabidly. And it was almost like I was, I didn't even know why I had this desire to listen to it, but now I know because I don't have as much of a desire anymore, right? That it was because I was trying to amass a group of, you know, a, a, a sangha, a group of people who were like supporting me in my getting up the courage to do the same thing. So absolutely, I feel like the more I can share that it's okay being who you are, even if, you know, some people don't accept it and some people judge you, like you got nothing else. That's all you got. Right. And, and the sooner you can say like, this is what I'm bringing. This is what I have, you know, take it or leave it. The, the more, I think the more you will be on that path to meaning. Mm, that's incredible. Cause it's true. It's one of the, it was one of the inspirations for the podcast is the sense of,
0: the limiting belief that if you don't have anyone that you can look at who's done it, then you can't believe it to be possible. And so by you speaking to your journey and by you saying, nope, I have stood in my own power. I have gone against the grain. Someone else can go, well, she can do it. And I relate to her. And she sounds like someone that would be someone I could be friends with, right? Like that kind of thing. We're not so different.
1: I feel like this culture of Instagram has been so detrimental to especially females because this belief that like everything's shiny and perfect and we all look great all the time. That's why I've gone to the other extreme. I truly feel like it's my mission to show that life is not easy, that there's no such thing as balance. You can- quote unquote, have it all, but it's going to be incredibly messy and not pretty and up and down. And, you know, you're you're going to always feel like you're not doing it right. But that's exactly how it's supposed to be. And I think if we can try to do away with these myths, you know, these myths that exist, I think a lot because of fairy tales. And I think a lot of us, you know, at least here in the U S we grew up with Disney movies that show that like at the end, it's always, you know, you're riding off into the sunset on a white horse and it's like, everything is meadows and butterflies. And, you know, you might go through, you might go through one little patch, but then in the end, it's always blissful. Like that's made, especially women believe in this fallacy. And um, I have so many young women come to me and say like, it wasn't supposed to be this way. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, who told you that? But they believe that they were, you know, this pursuit of happiness, right? That, you know, they do X, Y, and Z and check off all the boxes. And then suddenly, like, life would be blissful. And that's not reality. So I'm I'm trying in my small little way to show folks that, That isn't the reality you want, because if it was that easy and blissful every day, it actually wouldn't be blissful. And it's because of the trials and travails and the hardships that we really can appreciate the beautiful, poignant times when they come. Mm, That's true. Yeah. And it's, it's a funny thing, too, because even when you're consciously
0: aware of it, there's that programming that runs in the background that that you're comparing yourself to, or you, you don't even realize is kind of like an active part of how you make choices. So I think it's a very, very important discussion and an important reflection point for everybody to kind of look
1: at for themselves and go, what am I still holding on to from the Disney movie? And know that you're unique and you don't need to judge yourself against anyone else. There's so many young people now that I I meet with and they're like, "I, I need to have an internship. I need to do this. I need to be on a career path. And like, I'm like, why? I'm confused who's telling you you need this. Like life is about discovering what you're meant to do and you're not supposed to discover what you're meant to do at age 19 or 20. Like you can you can work your entire career to discover that and maybe you'll never discover it. Maybe you'll just go on a lot of different journeys with a lot of cool experiences, but like that's what life is about is that discovery process. So they seem to think that they've like sped up their lives to think that they have to start college already knowing what they want to do with their entire lives when actually that's the whole process of college is hopefully to try try a lot of different things and and start to discover what you might be interested in doing after college.
0: Yeah, or even at 30 or 40. I mean, look at you. You've you've changed your your trajectory. Of course I did.
1: I just changed again in my you know, my later years. So, and never thought I'd end up doing this. Even as much as a year ago, I was like, I will never be doing something like this. So that, isn't that the fun of life, right? Just following your curiosity, like a trail of breadcrumbs and not knowing where it's going to lead. That is the essence of living an extraordinary life.
0: Absolutely. Do you, that actually makes me wonder in this next, this newest, job change career transition what was it that made you go oh i have to pursue this more than just a
1: side joy
0: you know what what about it made you go ah oh, yeah that's that kind of intuitive inner call i have to do it
1: it's an amazing question and it was really just through the experience i wrote a memoir called lifelines That really was, you know, my journey into darkness that I had to go through in order to ultimately end up in mostly light. There's still some dark days, but mostly light. And in doing that, I had the good fortune of connecting with a lot of people and realizing that I wasn't alone. You know, when I think when you experience a lot of darkness and when you're an introvert, and especially when you're a creative and you're fueled from sort of an inner chaos, Uh, you can begin to believe that no one understands you and no one accepts you as you truly are. And that was one of my biggest right misperceptions was no one will ever accept me as I truly am. But when I went out and finally admitted this is who I am, I was overwhelmingly, um, I'd say, overwhelmingly shocked by how many people said this is who I am too. And no one has ever really resonated with me and made me feel that I'm okay being who I am. So once I realized that so many people out there felt the same way and the only difference among us was that I had figured out a way to channel all that inner chaos and darkness into light through these tangible toys and products that I made, I realized that I needed to help others do the very same thing that we all carry this light within us and we all are light, but some of us just don't know how to radiate our light. Some of us, that light has become so dim by, you know, our experiences, our traumas, who knows what, that we don't know how to access it any longer. So I really wanted to help others transform their darkness into light and make meaning. And, you know, I started to create my own frameworks for doing that, my own practice that I really have to adhere to in order to be here and and sort of be able to exist in a world that doesn't necessarily accept the highly sensitive folks. My last question
0: for you, I always like to ask people on the podcast how they themselves recognize their intuition, because I think it can be very helpful to listeners the intuition I know speaks in infinite ways. So I always am curious as to how you find and recognize it in your own life.
1: I love talking about intuition. I have heated my intuition ever since I was a little child because product creation for me is entirely about intuition. And when my intuition speaks to me, I call it the angel singing. I truly feel like this connection between the earth and the heavens. And something in me just feels that everything has aligned, like the stars have aligned with the heavens and the earth. And my whole body is resonating with, in alignment with a vibration that says, like, it's right. And I see things in my head being a product creator. You know, I see like verses completely formed show up in my head. I see products completely formed in my head. I see music completely formed. So when I am resonating with my intuition, I I see the vision of what I want to create. And I know that with a little bit of teamwork, I can take what is in my mind's eye, channel it through my hands and bring it to life. And there's nothing greater. And I would say, you know, early on, I definitely had a lot of folks that questioned um, creating through intuition because they said to me, "You, what do you mean? You just see it? Like, you need consumer data. You need to look at what other companies are doing. You need market analysis. And I was like, but I just feel it. I see it. And I really got, I was almost thought of as like a pariah and some kind of witch, like, she can't be doing that. It's not repeatable. It's not something we can, you know, really like bottle up. Um, so I really had a hard time for a long time. I felt like I couldn't talk about it because I had to almost pretend that it came out of a lot of research, but the more I've listened to it and the more it's told me sort of the truth. And I've realized that, you know, it's not always right Our intuition doesn't, Necessarily take us to the promised land every time, but I know it's guiding me close to it, and um, and it's telling, giving me the best advice it can give me in the moment. So the more I heated it, the more I said, "I don't care about what the outside world thinks." I'm going to listen to this, and I close my eyes. I have it's such a it's such a spiritual process that when I I'm faced with a question and I don't know the answer to it. I literally close my eyes, I let the question distill through my being. And I just know that over time my intuition will give me the answer. It might not be right away. It might not be even in a week. And I know now that if my intuition doesn't give me an answer, that there is no answer to, to there is no answer at the moment. And I might need more dots of life experience to come together um, in order to allow my intuition to really come up with an effective answer. So sometimes there is no answer. My intuition isn't speaking. And I now have the confidence to say, I don't know the answer. I know you asked me a question and you wanted an immediate answer. I don't have it yet. And until my intuition really speaks, I'm not going to give you one.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. I love that practice. I think it's going to really hit a lot of people. It's definitely how I also engage with my intuition in a lot of ways. I'd love to hear how you do. Yeah, a lot of mine is thoughts. So I, I don't get so much visual when it comes to my own intuition. And I, I like to define intuition versus out-tuition. So information about others versus information about the self. Because I find a lot of sensitive people will get a lot of information about everybody else and get nothing about themselves. So that distinction is very important to make. And the way that out-tuition speaks to me is through images. But my intuition is always through thought. And I distinguish it from any kind of anxious thinking because it's very neutral. It's completely untriggered. It has nothing to do with whatever I'm doing in that moment. You know, it is a, a like a runaway train. It comes in once and then it doesn't come again. It is a one-time thought. Whereas anxious thoughts, ruminating thoughts, for me, will circle back over and over and over again. So for me, there's, there's a very strong distinction. And as well, the ruminating thoughts or the anxious thoughts will have a lot of emotion attached to it or bring in a lot of feeling of agitation but that intuition is just like a, it's a train, it runs through me, it's completely neutral, it's often out of the blue, or in, in my uh, methodology, I would say people are, are in it, or I would be in a receiving state, or I'm in the answer state versus the question state. You know, When you were speaking about, I run the question through me, I feel like that's a beautiful way to set the intention, but I don't feel actually that intuition can arise within that question state you need the sensory products that you talk about, the shift of, of the nervous system, you need that opening to even be available to the answer. And that takes time. And I think that's why you were so beautiful in saying like, and then I just let go and and it will it will at some point find a moment where I'm in that receiving state, it will come find me, right? Like I can't force that in that
1: second. That's amazing. I've never heard the word out tuition. Yeah, I know, I, can, I coined it, I guess. <laughs> But I think
0: it's, you know, as I was doing this work, I would just come across all these sensitive people. And if I were to ask them like, hey, write down a list of intuitive moments that you've had, they'd be 99% would be about other people.
1: Wow. But what do you say it's starting inner though? It's just, it's just, because isn't your intuition deriving your out tuition?
0: I think the difference being that when I define intuition, it's the moment that energetic information is absorbed by your energetic body runs through the physical form, like gets translated by the physical form into the conscious rational mind about you. But out tuition is still energetic information processed through that exact same mechanism about someone else. So it's a distinction in purpose and it's a distinction in why it would or why you would be tethered to it, right? Because I think we're all these little antennas and I think our nervous system is really responsible to what translates and what doesn't, but so is our subconscious. And we're saying this is important, this isn't. And how many people are not saying like everyone else is more important? So you're taking in all this energetic information that's constantly being processed, but your subconscious is dictating this is what I care about. And this is what's not so important. And a lot of people's dials are set to out tuition.
1: I love that. I would say it's funny. My husband is all, is mostly out tuition.
0: Yeah. And it's not necessarily bad, right? Like out tuition can be so instrumental in being a reflection for what somebody doesn't know about themselves or the world at large. And we need out tuition. It's like a beautiful act of service, any kind of coaching, any kind of interaction with someone, even a friend where you're like, hey, like, can I share what I feel is true right now? That's out tuition, I feel. But if there's no intuition, I think you run the risk of kind of ping-ponging around the world or being very untethered to what is true for you.
1: Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. That's really cool. You should do, you should, you could write a cool book about tuition versus intuition. Yeah, it's in the works eventually. Um, it's part of a whole
0: methodology and one day there will be a book about it. Um, but uh, yeah, but it, it's, I've, I'm very passionate about it because what you speak of and the reason that I really wanted you on the podcast is, is a big part of that method. It's like, you know, in order to be receiving of anything, tuition or intuition, your nervous system has to be at ease. You cannot, find that answer you cannot be intuitive unless you find a way to shift awareness and so many people are beating their head against the wall trying to do it by sitting on a
1: cushion and being like i can't meditate and so this is why we need you are right about that actually you made up a really good point which is the reason probably most people don't aren't able to access their intuition is because they're not in their parasympathetic nervous system right when you're in when you're stuck in sympathetic and fight or flight there's not a because you're only reactive, then, right? And intuition is responsive, which is parasympathetic. Reactive is sympathetic.
0: Makes sense. It does. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it makes all the sense to me in the world, but I think that's why products like yours are so important because it is a way to override the mental mind. It's, and I loved what you said early on. I just want to repeat it for people it's body, mind, not mind, body.
1: It really is. And I also think to access your intuition requires getting really quiet. And our world is so, we're we're so overstimulated and focused externally that when there's the clamor of the outside world, like you can't even even hear what your intuition is telling you. It's being drowned out by the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Your work is
0: super important. I'm so grateful that you're putting it out there. I hope to see all the six senses and all the products. I'm going to go get all of them because I think they're... They sound like they're perfect for for what the world needs right
1: now. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's it's more than just about products. You know, I feel like our senses are innate in all of us and we can immerse our senses in beautiful, you know, things without a product. But sure, if you want a beautiful product, um, you know, it's amazing to be able to get that as well.
0: Yeah, we don't always, you know, especially like I'm traveling right now and it's, it's beautiful to have a little toolbox where you just know how to regulate yourself Yeah, within a space that
1: might not offer you like a beautiful walk outside for an hour. Exactly. And we do, we have those, we have travel toolboxes. So, um, exactly. That's, um, that's really, that was very important to us is if you start to develop this practice and you sort of depend on some of these things as your message to your body that it's safe, right? You want them to show up in every aspect of your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thanks for your voice in the world and for being
1: on the podcast. You're welcome. This has been so joyful. Thanks for
0: listening. Thanks for being here. Don't forget subscribe. If you are one of the people that listen to our podcast and we actually got stats back, like 70% of you listen and you're not subscribed and it would just be the best gift to subscribe. So click that little button so that you can be a subscriber. You can be an any. (laughs) <laughs> at the Intercall podcast versus an Audi. Come be an innie at the Intercall podcast. So subscribe. We would really appreciate it so that we can bring more guests, bigger guests, guests you love. Thanks for being here.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.